and welcome. Hey everyone. Welcome back to the Movie Bugle podcast. My name is Justin and I am so excited that you guys have decided to tune in and listen to me talk about movies. <laughs> As always, please be sure to check out at the Movie Bugle on my Instagram page where you'll see all the latest news upcoming episodes and anything i just decide to post about movies and television shows so thank you all again for deciding to tune in this episode is actually a very very special episode it's actually going to be a two-part episode we're talking about Zack snyder's justice league and i brought my buddy oscar back to help me break it all down so but before i bring him on just wanted to give a disclaimer really really quick Um, because this is a two part, we've actually broken this up to where this first section, this part one that you're listening to right now is going to be a non-spoiler discussion. We're going to talk about everything leaning up to the Zack Snyder Justice League movie on HBO, why this movie even exists. And then in part two, we're going to be talking about, you know, breaking the movie down, comparing it to the 2017 version that came out. So this is going to be a fun one. So let me go ahead and bring Oscar on so we can go ahead and get started. All right, everyone. So I wanted to welcome back to the Movie Bugle podcast show, my friend Oscar. What's going on, man? Hello. Hello. I'm back. You are back. (laughs) You know what's so funny, like for the listeners is so Oscar was on uh, episode two. when We talked about WandaVision. And I remember when I asked him, the first thing he asked me after he said, yeah, I'm gonna do it. He says, so are you doing anything for Justice League? And I was like, (laughs) yeah, why? He was like, because I know I'm gonna have a lot of stuff to say about that. And I was like, bet. So thank you for coming back to the Movie Bugle podcast, Oscar. I'm so happy that you joined uh, for this discussion. Glad to be back. Glad to be back. So as I told you guys before, this is going to be a two-part discussion. So if you haven't watched the Zack Snyder's Justice League yet, this part one is a non-spoiler discussion. We basically want to go over everything leading up to this movie because as a casual fan, I can understand why it could be confusing. Why do we have another Zack Snyder movie coming out? Why do we have another Justice League movie coming out? Like what's going on? So we're going to go over that, everything leading up to this point, and then give our overall impressions. And then in part two will be the like spoiler discussion after you've already watched it so hang tight but we're gonna have a lot of fun on this i'm actually really excited to talk about this four hour movie that we got (laughs) on hbo max and i know oscar has a lot to say about it i do i do let's go so oscar did you watch it in one sitting or how did you do it yes one sitting I didn't do the midnight time. Uh, I'm just not someone that can be up at midnight. But yeah, mm. first thing in the morning, woke up, got McDonald's, hit play, <laughs> and watched watch it. I, mean, I, paused it. I paused it for a bathroom break, I would admit. But other than that, one sitting. So this four-hour Justice League movie um, is broken up into like parts. So there's six parts, and then there's like a little epilogue at the very end. Um, so it's very easy. If you need to take a break in the middle, you can pause it at a definitive place where you won't feel like you have to go back and like, okay, what did I just miss or whatever like that. So I've, I've seen interviews online where they talked about um, places to like pause it at. So like you could pause it like after part two, you could pause it after part four. Any other place is sort of like in the middle of a storyline. So it'll kind of like throw you off a little bit. But before we actually talk about our overall impressions like i said this is a non-spoiler on this part one let's talk about why does the snyder cut exist so oscar i know that you have been uh advocating for this um like i told you guys before oscar and i used to work at disney together and we used to talk about movies and we actually
actually saw the theatrical cut together here in yep. Los Angeles. Um, well, down in Irvine, a Los Angeles area. And I remember walking away from that, like from that movie, being very disappointed because I, you know, as a comic book nerd and as like a movie goer, you know, I love Marvel to death. Like my favorite, my favorite character is Spider-Man, now also Black Panther. But I think as a worldwide recognition everyone knows superman everyone knows batman everyone knows wonder woman so i felt like as great as the avengers was i felt like superman and batman deserved to be as big if not bigger because everyone knows that and i felt very underwhelmed with the movie that we got back in 2017 so i wanted to give little little movie history lesson oscar uh as to <laughs> what got us to this point so let's let's take the the listeners through the timeline so oscar what what got us here like what how do we get here so i mean the the start of it is Zack snyder had a five movie plan mm-hmm. man of steel being the first batman v superman one was the next and then justice league a three-part justice league movie trilogy in its own everything was going fine and then batman v superman was was released and that didn't get loved by critics fans mostly were divided in like some issues with it but the critics was the one that were bashing it more than anything else so warner brothers panicked but they already greenlit Justice League. So they're trying to like tell Zack to make these adjustments. He was fighting it. And essentially Zack experienced a tragedy uh, in the family. His his daughter Autumn passed away and um, he kind of made that decision that at he's, him fighting the studios wasn't worth it anymore. He kind of was like family comes first. So he right. stepped down. Warner Brothers who was still fighting for like, oh, we got to do all of these changes because we got to please you know, the critics and the general audience because they didn't like the last movie we did. Uh, They hired someone, Joss Sweden, who kind of would be able to do what they're asking for. And that essentially was the result of the 2017 version of someone's movie being changed and watered down in less than six months, I think, from when he was brought on and they had to finish it before the November release date. Yeah. So that's like the, the quick rundown of how we got the 2017 version studio right. wanted a particular way zach wanted another way zach ended up leaving studio was like all right it's all us now we get the, the we get to do what we want and yeah that's how we got that 2017 version so let's break it down a little bit more so we had you know zach Snyder made man of steel now man of steel was released june 14 2013 and yeah. i want to say at that point you know i don't want to do like a comparison between marvel and dc because i feel like both can exist in their own separate spaces but just for the context of discussion and as far as where we are in superhero movies and the time that we are in that's why i'm only doing this comparison so as far as okay so june 14 2013 the first avengers movie had just come out i want to say in 2012 so you had like like you know iron man and incredible hulk and thor you had those movies build up to the avengers movie and it was great and it was widely successful and all that good stuff right so you had man of steel now before man of steel you had you know superman returns you had the christopher reeves superman movies back in the 80s um superman to me is a very hard character to sell 
especially in today's world because one we were oversaturated with all these different characters and stuff like that but two because of the type of person that superman is like you know he's you know man of honor you know he's bulletproof and it's is i want to i don't want to call him like black and white or like basic as far as like he he does have like super like superpowers and he's strong and stuff like that but you know as far as all the other superheroes that are out there it may be harder to sell to like the general audience today so uh man is still came out it was a darker tone it was a darker feel to a superhero movie um i know some of the story beats didn't really sit well with all the fans like when um when his father died you know in the comics or yeah yeah, how he died you know in the comics or in previous you know adaptations of superman story like he had a heart attack and i think one of the things that make superman's character um that defines him is superman is always trying to help and he feels he can always save everyone but a heart attack he can't save and i think that helps shape this character so the way his father died in the movie was kind of like he could have saved his father from a tornado so like i don't you know it didn't really bother me but just like hearing other people's concerns about it i can understand that and then like there was a big thing at the end where like he snapped Zod's neck. Now to me it didn't bother me because I felt like you know I like a darker, more serious tone, especially with DC. It needed to be different from Marvel. But I know you know Man of Steel came out um, really quick. Oscar, did you like Man of Steel? What did you think about it when you, after you first saw it? It's it's complicated <laughs> because to me I I went in it with. An expectation and it, it follows to batman v superman i had an expectation of what i wanted right and watching it it was more of okay where's my essentially it's kind of like my my checklist like okay where's my checklist is the uh, is this movie crossing off these these marks and and it didn't and then so it was like cool but i'm happy we got dc running that's fine you know it wasn't my particular kind of movie but it's going perfect uh and then batman v superman happens the same thing it was like i have my checklist hitting it not all of them but you know what it's fine it wasn't until after bbs that i kind of had a realization and it was actually a conversation uh you were involved with when one of our you know uh, conversations at work Mm -hmm. where i realized I was setting an expectation of what I wanted rather than trying to appreciate what was being given. Exactly. And, and so from that moment, when I made that realization, when I was like, why am I not trying to understand what they're doing here rather than like, here's my checklist. And I think that's the, the biggest thing a fan has an issue with is every fan wants to see what they want to see, but it's not, we're not in control of making that movie. So we have to go with what is the final product. So with that, I was able to go back and watch Man of Steel and Batman v Superman and appreciate and love what it did. And then I started loving the messages, the themes, like the, all the things that Man of Steel was doing, I really kind of grown to love. And it's now one of my favorites to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, just really nice. The score is beautiful you know, how how visually you see Superman and, and like how the public is seeing him. It was just well done. I think it was something that I didn't appreciate at first, but I, I have grown to to love finding being able to just understand what is being presented rather than like what I wanted. Right. So uh, Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice was released March 25th, two days before my birthday, in uh, 2016. <laughs> um, so just really quick about this movie. This movie came out just two months before Captain America Civil War. And what was interesting is it's not like an official thing, but fans who follow, we know. Warner Brothers announced 
Batman versus Superman first. And Marvel was like, oh, let's try to do something similar. And then Captain America Civil War came out with a similar concept of the heroes fighting each other. And because Marvel at this point, we had, uh, you know, Age of Ultron come out. We have other movies come out. So there's more of a trust built in with the Marvel fans. Um, because at this point, DC had only put out one major movie in their new, like, story, like, the arc of storytelling, right? So yeah. Batman vs. Superman came out, and it was a very, very divisive film. There was fans who yes, loved it. More than Man of And Man. then there was fans who hated it. I think that there's a lot of fans like you, Oscar, who you know, didn't really understand where Man of Steel was going at first, but they learned to appreciate it. It's like, you know, this is what we got. It is what it is. But there were very definitive themes in Batman versus Superman that people were just like, no, Batman doesn't kill. Um, This is too much. I, I, I think after I watched it the first time, you know, I was cool with it. But then after watching it again, um, there were a few things with that movie that I didn't really care for um one of the main things was there was too much there was too much going on and i think that we also live in a in a world where spoilers ruin things for us like i remember um hi, you remember the movie hide and seek uh with dakota fanning so yes. i remember the marketing campaign for that movie was if you haven't if you've seen this movie do not spoil the end and i remember them putting that out in the trailers like if you have seen this movie do not spoil this for people who have not seen it and there was a big twist in that movie where if they would have put it in the trailers it would have ruined the entire thing so for me with batman versus superman they were showing the wonder woman character and i felt like the moment where she shows up in the movie if they would have hid that from the marketing it would have made a much bigger impact in the movie because i feel like okay y'all set this up like we didn't know who this mysterious woman was she could have been anyone they could have had her in her non-wonder woman outfit or any of the marketing stuff and they could have kept out they could have kept off the dawn of justice tagline too it could have just been batman versus superman but i think that with all the problems that that movie had if you would have watched that movie and be like who is this lady is this some like a love interest for bruce wayne and then it was wonder woman you would have been like oh snap like are they doing justice league like I feel like that was the biggest thing for me. And I I love marketing and I've studied marketing in school. So like that was one of my biggest frustrations. Like y'all was doing way too much for that movie. Y'all was trying to set up way too much. And you're trying to play catch up to another studio that laid the groundwork at that point for almost 10 years. So it's like, do your own pace. This is not a a marathon between the two of you guys. But I felt like Batman versus Superman missed that step because they were trying to do too much. And I think that besides all the other story beats that everyone has a problem with with that movie for me the biggest issue that i have it was trying to do too much and the they spoiled a lot of the movie in the trailers for me and and see for me as i i mean i i love dc it's that that's been what i grew up on marvel is more of a recent love but to me dc and having all that it's perfect and it's like it's what i love as a fan it's like i'm getting all those things i'm getting wonder woman i'm getting you know Amy Adams, I'm getting Lex coming up with this devious plan. Um, did I say Amy Adams? I'm saying, but yeah, so I'm getting, I'm getting all this, um, like great characters that I, that I know what can they, they can do, the potential they can have with these characters. Right. So I, I, again, at first I, I was like, there's, a, there's, you know, cool. We got Wonder Woman, but 
that's not how I want Wonder Woman to first appear or that I'm not really sure if I wanted Superman to die on the second movie we saw like I had that checklist once that was gone I, I, I took a step back and I was like I really loved that whole discussion about having a Superman in our world and the the truth that would really be there it wouldn't be all like everyone's cheering everyone's happy that there's someone that's powerful you know flying around and doing stuff there would be a lot of people that would start like saying no he needs to abide by rules or you know no he has to do this and then you have you know batman who fights criminals but no one to that extreme now is like there's someone that can literally kill us if we want to now i have to prepare to to stop him so it's, it's a very interesting idea that I think got overlooked. I think a lot of people also, the movie was looking to do a lot. And I think the fans were also looking for a lot, uh, given it's the second movie. And it's, it's very, it's a very hard balance when it comes to fan expectations. And I think you probably can see that in all the recent like blockbusters, Star Wars and, and uh, Marvel, I think has now gotten the trust but i think maybe if this was the beginning like let's just say marvel started in 20 2017 2018 i think there might be some things that fans would now be like okay but why aren't we getting you know uh thanos in the next avengers or why why is this character not here yet and we kind of still get that to some degree now but it's just now marvel fans are have a lot on their plate a lot to be satisfied I only, I only feel like that'll be a thing if if there was another studio out there laying the groundwork. I feel like everyone is so hard on everyone else because Marvel has been out there laying the groundwork. Like yeah. before Avengers Endgame, we had 10 years of storytelling between like 20 something movies, right? right. So it's kind of like we laid that groundwork. And I do feel like it is unfair on other studios to who are trying to do a similar thing to be like hey you know let's build a universe let's build a, a story arc over several movies where people are just like i know what's coming next so i want it now type thing i i can under i can agree to what you just said a little bit i just i also feel like when the movie presents itself like it's doing a lot like if it would have left out the dawn of justice tagline if it would have left out the the wonder woman um teasers in the trailers then people would have have it they wouldn't have these strong expectations you know when you say don and justice are you leading towards a justice league movie so it's kind of if they would have left it out and it would have been a surprise in the movie it would have been like oh snap y'all putting justice league together oh that's dope yeah. i think that it's yeah. we're, we reacted based on what they gave us if they would have gave us a little bit then our reaction would have been, in my opinion, more positive because it would have been like, oh, snap. Okay, this is, I see what y'all are doing. But y'all laid everything out on the table and then now you have everyone expecting all these different things and then when they don't get it, it's like, hmm, I don't know if, if I felt about this. So I, yeah. I think it's interesting because if we don't take this, if let's just let's just play this game. Marvel never ha did their, their, saga let's just say they they didn't do a saga they just did an iron man and a captain america and maybe another character let's just say that i think we also would look at these movies that we're look that we're reflecting on differently as well i think if you were just a casual fan and this was just like a man of steel sequel and you you see batman you see wonder woman you see the the cameos of flash aquaman cyborg i think as a fan you would you would like as a comic fan, you would geek out because you're just like, these are the characters I love. Oh my God. Oh, but I absolutely. think because we have that expectation of they're building a franchise, they're building a cinematic universe. Therefore, they need to do this, 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 this following an example set by Marvel. So yeah, it's it's a tricky world out there for film. 
yeah it's tough because you know um the monsters universe with warner brothers with you know um frankenstein and um, oh, universal yeah yeah oh universal sorry um they tried to do the same thing it didn't really work out i think they did the mummy movie with um what's his tom cruise, tom cruise. yes yeah. it didn't really work out but they had a whole plan for that um so moving moving along to the next one um you had wonder woman i didn't really put um suicide squad in my notes because i feel like that was just overall but we can bring it up a little bit after wonder woman but wonder woman was like the first movie where i think collectively the critics and the audience was like okay we actually have a good movie within a dceu and i think with wonder woman so it came out june 2nd 2017 um it was the first movie that the dceu had a major fan appeal and zack center also produced this film so it's one of those things where like you know okay wonder woman already appeared in batman versus superman but we got a backstory so question for you oscar so with justice league movie coming out you know we have superman batman one woman cyborg flash and aquaman we knew that we were getting a aquaman movie um but at that point there was no talks of a flash movie or a cyborg movie so but they were like fast tracking a justice league movie um do you think that the audience would have been a little bit more like uh accepted or um uh, forgiving if they had announced like all these solo movies do you feel like we needed like a solo Wonder Woman movie a solo cyborg movie and a flash movie before they got to the Justice League movie uh what do you think about that so so they did have a slate I think and I want to say 2015 San Diego Comic-Con was when they kind of released it they did kind of put out like they had this plan uh, that, you know, it was going to be Wonder Woman and then the Justice League movie and then Flash and Aquaman and then Cyborg and Green Lantern. I think that was like their their kind of like 10 movie slate or something like that, that they were just like, we have a plan. Um, but the whole topic of it when that was announced was everyone, again, reflecting Marvel and saying, wait a minute, why are we getting a team up movie and then solo movies? Right. Shouldn't it be solos and then the team up? Look what Marvel did. That was perfect we got to meet all the characters and then they team up so that was really what started to split the the focus of like okay let's just focus on what the plan is and let's watch these movies develop it was more of like they're doing it wrong it's already messed up they got it wrong they're doing a team up and then they're doing individual movies right and and again i think while marvel did it perfectly in in their plan there's no one plan i think Right. I think what they what DC was doing was a little bit of catch up, but I think it's also could have been its own unique thing. And there's plenty of examples of movies of team ups where we obviously we didn't get solo movies of these characters. We just see, you know, team up like Fast and Furious franchise, right? You like you just see these characters just join. And if it's done well, you just enjoy it. You love them. You love the characters and, and things like that. So I think had they not really kind of was like putting it out there that saying, oh, here's our plan. I think maybe it would have been better. I think it would have been better if they kind of was just like, here's the next project rather than saying, here's the next seven, eight projects. Right. Because I, now you're going to say, okay, well, maybe we're going to, maybe we're going to get a better movie here and there and, and that. So I think you definitely, when you lay out your cards, 
you're letting people see where potential flaws can be, even though they have the movies haven't been made. Right. Very and they can also see when you blink too, because I remember I actually just rewatched um, the Phase Three announcement from Marvel um, yep. on YouTube, and there's certain things that was in that announcement that never came to pass. Inhumans. And they also had yeah, Inhumans is the big one, and also they had to change some stuff around. Um, I will say this: I do feel like there was a lot of people who wanted the standalone stuff to come out first, but I feel like we know Batman, we know Superman. Um, we know Aquaman. Um, we know Flash. Um, Who has a show? And, you know, as a show and all the yeah. stuff like that, right? So I feel like the way they were going, you know, have the Justice League movie because Aquaman came out after the Justice League movie that came out in 2017, and it it was sort of an origin, but not really. And I think that this also another thing as well, like with Spider Man. At this point, we've had three different reincarnations of Spider-Man movies, right? We don't need to see, you know, Ben Parker die again. <laughs> we've already seen it. So that's why with the latest one, it was like that already happened. So I think with even with Batman, like the way they did it in Batman versus Superman, we saw um, Bruce Wayne's parents die, but it was in an open credit scene and it was very clever. It was like, we've already seen it so many times. We don't need to see it again. We don't, we've already seen, you know, Jonathan Kent die and Smallville and all these other movies before we don't need to see it again so I think that we don't have to follow the same pattern as another studio and I, I actually was okay with how they were releasing it I'm just yeah. wondering if from the mass majority like if people was just like you know you guys are playing catch up if that would have came off a little bit differently had they would have had the standalone movies beforehand because it followed the formula as someone else versus what they were trying to do yep very true yeah it, it definitely would have been I think a different experience if there was no Marvel Cinematic Universe to this degree that it is. If it was like Marvel just making their movies in the same way every other studio just had, you know, like a, a comic book character here and there, like you had, you know, like Blade, X-Men, Spider-Man, like those movies in like the early 2000s weren't creating universe, but right. if it was like still like that, I think this plan would have been appreciated much, much more because they've been like, oh, they're they're gonna be together and then we'll see more of them. But instead it's being viewed as you're clearly trying to catch up to another studio that's doing exactly. that better. And it's it's unfair. Um, it's you know it's very unfair that you know Marvel and, and like I said, I'm a huge Marvel fan, and this is not pinning one against the other. We're just bringing this up as for context. But it's very unfair it's, that yeah. DC has to always be compare it to Marvel and I feel like both of them can exist in their own space I actually like the fact you know before we actually get into the 2017 Justice League movie I liked the fact that Man of Steel was darker I had no problem with that movie um, I think after just watching it so many times and hearing other people have to say about the Superman character because Superman wasn't one that I grew up like you know I didn't read his comic books like that or anything like that I can understand why the diehard Superman fans were offended with that movie but as far as the tone of the movie I had no problem I felt like, you know, we live in a dark world, unfortunately. And I feel like sometimes, you know, in order for you to tell effective stories, you need to have a darker tone. Um, even with Marvel, some of my favorite movies with Marvel are the darker ones because, you know, the, the jokes and stuff are good and it's great. And, you know, but I feel like Superman today is not going to be in a bright, colorful world where he's always smiling and all. This, he, he's going to be dealing with some hardcore stuff. And I think that, you know, especially with everything that's happening, you know, I think that that movie perfectly captured the realization of a Superman in the 21st century. So yeah, I think perfect. that that movie, you know, did what it needed to do. Um, I didn't really have a problem with it. Um, so before we get into 
you know, Justice League 2017, Zack Snyder, like he he did direct and write Man of Steel. He wrote and directed Batman versus Superman. Like you said before, he had a five movie deal. He created a four hour cut or a four hour plus cut of Justice League, the original like content. I didn't know it was three. I thought it was only two. So that's actually news to me, Um, like three parts. But I, I knew there was supposed to be two parts for the original idea of Justice League. And he shot it like he he shot his entire movie and was, you know, about to do reshoots because movies always have reshoots and stuff like that. And then um, I remember the original advertising for that movie was Unite the Seven. Um, they had all these different things coming out for this movie where it's getting people hyped. And I want to say the very first Justice League trailer from Comic-Con that came out a year before, he was still a part of the project. So yeah. the trailer that we got, got everyone so hyped. We were like, oh, snap, like this is actually coming. This is real. Um, I want to say we also got the Suicide Squad, you know, yeah. trailer that same year, you know, that movie. We're not going to go into that one, but it's fine. <laughs> but, you know, we, we got it. And um, Tragedy did strike. Um, his his daughter, Autumn, you know, uh, committed suicide. Uh, rest in peace. Um, and he had to make a personal decision and step away from that project. And I think the most thing, the most important thing I want people to take away from the reason why this was made is uh, Warner Brothers didn't believe in Zack Snyder's vision and his overall arc of the story, um, allegedly, because I don't, I don't work there, so I don't know. But from the fans' perspective, Warner Brothers blinked and they were looking at they were they were comparing themselves to Disney Marvel and they were saying you know what people are not liking this let's change it up and I am an advocate for if you're going to give a property if you're going to give a movie to someone like you know directors are artists let the artists do what they're going to do and I I would rather have a movie come out and to be divisive and some people hate it some people love it but it's true artistry then you have executives in big suits coming there and um, they change it um one really quick example um and this has nothing to do with dc but it's it's something that just actually came to mind really quick is did you see the the latest fantastic movie with michael b jordan as human torch yes so i actually like the first two-thirds of that movie and as many I, people do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and i think that that movie is very similar where they wanted to make something different. They wanted to make something that would sit with audiences today. Um, even with Johnny Storm and Sue Storm being, you know, you know, one black, one white, you know, it made sense. You know, she was adopted. You know, Sue Storm was adopted. So it made sense. It reflected the story today. Um, but when you watch that movie, the first two thirds of the movie, in my opinion, was great. It was phenomenal. But then you can see where the studio stepped in after the director left and everything changed. And it it's horrible. The, the third act is horrible. I hate it. And I think that with Zack Snyder, it's very interesting because whether or not people liked all of his stuff or not, I feel like Warner Brothers, you already invested into this man. You should have let this man finish his job. And I think that, you know, his daughter passing away was a part of it. But I think also the studio was probably on his behind and was telling him to change this, change that. Don't do this. Don't do that. They don't like the darker tone. They don't like this. And you're making this too dark and we need to be more like Marvel or we need to be more like this and he just took the old you know the decision to step away from the project and when he did they brought in joss whedon joss whedon uh directed uh avengers one and two and they wanted to quote unquote lighten up the film 
color palette, uh, uh, jokes, tone, everything. And let's let's talk about that for a little bit because I know you know you know all the stuff that went on with that. But you know he he came in and he pretty much reshot what eighty percent of the movie from what yeah from what people can put together and what we've heard from like those involved yeah about eighty percent about yeah from what I think I can recall about twenty five percent of the movie was what Zach shot and was left for the most part untouched. There was like they tweaked it, color correction and stuff like that. But about 25%, so a two hour movie, 25% is about 30 minutes. 30 minutes was something that was to some degree original footage. Right. Everything else was was reshot or was edited differently or was cut down um, dramatically. Right. And it was very interesting because even like the presentation of the movie, like the posters that came out was more bright. Um, the, the, the tone of the movie was brighter. The, there was more jokes. It was like trying to do all this stuff like that. Um, so getting into like, we're not gonna, we're not comparing it yet, but just getting into that movie itself, you know, like I said earlier, I remember walking out of that movie and being like, this movie there was so much going on um the and the, obvious that's the sad thing it was it's an obvious. obvious and also like for Zack Snyder to say that he he cut a four plus hour movie and they said you need to trip it down and they got it to around two hours two hours for a superhero movie is not long you guys and I think that if we you know relatively you know, Avengers was Avengers Endgame was about three plus hours. It was like three hours and two minutes. But usually they're between two hours and twenty minutes to two hours and forty five minutes, and that's of of a storytelling and stuff like that. So two hours for a film, but for a big superhero movie like that is not long. I could see if it was like a standalone cyborg movie or a standalone Flash movie, but a Justice League movie, I want that thing to be at least two and a half three hours long. That's just me personally. Yeah, so what? Sure. So Oscar we went and saw justice league together what did you think about the 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 theatrical cut of that movie i'll be honest i i had some awareness of like reshoots and joss whedon coming in so watching it the first time in theater my only thing was please let this audience walk enjoy this let let me just hope that it's still you know they they love it and we get sequels and you know we continue on as as these characters because that's the one thing i did not want to lose i did not want to lose the actors playing these characters i want i want that continuation to go on for more than just you know this movie i want it to be going on where i want you know 10 years from now we can be well it's almost 10 years but we can be like henry cavill is still superman ben affleck right. is still a batman like i still want the core characters to stay intact right so to me my that first that first viewing was all about please let like the audience and I'm around just like enjoy it. And to some degree, there was some kind of enjoyment. There was some laughter, you know, at stuff and things like that. But I I was, I feel like I, I couldn't even like be honest. And I felt like I had to put the face of it's the Justice League. The Justice League was what I was introduced to. Like the animated series back in 2001 was what got me into comic books, what got me into DC. So that really has like a special place where this is the first live action Justice League movie and it's not going to be, and I, you know, to be like, oh, I didn't love it. I didn't love, you know, the one thing that I grew up on and, you know, admired. So it was kind of like a face of like, it's not my favorite, but I like it. That's kind of was my reaction 
more so it was like um you know it was it was good i i enjoyed it and i try to think of the best things about it you try That's, to be positive yeah that was usually how my take was um and and i was supporting it you know whatever the merchandise was whatever you know memorabilia that was being sold you know it was always keeping an eye on those things because it was like i, just I remember because you i remember you bought it you rented it you did everything to try to support that film and i was like you yeah friend i i support you and support <laughs> that film that that was that was really it was like that like i just want i just want it to succeed so we can get more and hopefully better that right. was that was my 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 reaction to it um but like i couldn't even sit there and 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 be critical about it because it's like this is this is justice league this is what i you know what nine-year-old oscar would love to see you know in the big screen is all these characters that i love watching and then it's like oh i didn't like it, it just felt like it was off like it, yeah like you felt like you were betrayed a little bit right exactly yeah so it was so sadly it was me you know I, I knew a lot of people didn't like it and it was kind of like brushed off by a lot of people by that point. It was just like, oh yeah, I think I remember seeing that movie or something like that. And it was just like, yeah, right. watch it again. So the Zack Snyder releases Snyder Cut. So I remember very vividly the first time I heard about a different cut being done. And Oscar, I know you used to watch this like as well. Uh, shout out to Collider. Collider Movie Talk is, they don't have a movie talk that airs on YouTube anymore, but they used to have, they started off with AMC and they broke off and did their own thing. So shout out to all the guys who used to work over there with them. But I remember one of the, one of their people, he's actually no longer with us, um, John Snap, um, he was a huge comic book person, rest in peace. Um, but I remember they talked about the movie and I remember he went off and he went off not because he wanted to hate the movie, he went off because he was disappointed. And there was another video that came out where he talked about fans who went to see, I forgot, like a preview of the movie, like I, I forgot, oh, a screener. Like, um, so over here in LA, um, they'll have screeners for movies. So a movie would come out maybe in like December, but they'll have screeners and for movies in like April, May or June. And they'll have audiences come in and they'll, you have to sign a non-disclosure. You can't talk about the movie on a public platform, platform or whatever. But basically the whole point of it is the movie is not done. All the photography is done, but the edits and the VFX and all the stuff like that may not be done. So you may see wires, you may see green screens, you may see stuff like that, but you're going into the movie to watch it and you're supposed to give feedback on the story and the beats of the movie and stuff like that. So there were people who went and saw a cut. I, I don't know if it was four hours, but I know it was longer than two. It may have been two and a half to three hours long of a Justice League movie that was very different. So people were like, wait. And usually with screeners, like I've I've seen um the pur like the first purge in a screener, and I've also seen uh it chapter one in a screener. And they do change some stuff. If they get enough feedback and say, hey, you know, that one character doesn't really work, or that one's subplot doesn't really work if they get enough feedback they may go back and change it so you'll see minor stuff here and there but there were people putting online like i went and saw a screening for justice league that was amazing and got me hyped for this film and the theatrical cut is nothing like what i saw and there was this release of snyder cut that was trending online and it was very interesting because warner brothers for the longest time was like there's no other cut 
we don't have no other footage. This is the only cut that we have. This is all this stuff that may have been done before. We we threw that out the window. We just have what Joss Whedon did. We're proud of this and everything like that. And the fans were like, no, we know there's something else. Like, you know, there's always some type of director's cut. Zack Snyder said he turned in four hours plus for this movie. Y'all only gave us two hours. And then y'all said y'all reshot a whole bunch of stuff. So where's all this extra footage? Um, So I remember you, Oscar, you were jumping on the bandwagon too with release of Snyder Cut. So let's talk about the very early stages of release of Snyder Cut. Yeah, so the whole thing, and it's very obvious. If you want to, if you want to really get a, a sense of what we, why it started, watch the trailers for Justice League for the 2017 version. Watch the trailers, and you'll notice a lot of things don't show in the movie. Right. Watch so, the original trailer from yes. the year before, and then watch. Yeah, watch that trailer and then watch the movie. You'll see a lot of stuff that's in that trailer that's not in the movie. All the trailers, though, all the trailers were right. were were giving you things that were like, oh yeah, that I want to check that out. That looks cool. Right. But the final product did not. So that in itself, you don't even have to see the screeners or anything. Just the the YouTube trailers, not YouTube, but just the trailers for these movies would be enough evidence for you to know there's more that was not put in the movie. Right. And and a, a similar thing happened with Suicide Squad just to kind of put that little anecdote there. But yeah, so that's kind of the early stage of like, we all witnessed, if you watch the trailers, you you witnessed it, that things were left out the movie. And so the campaign was started with the initiative of just give us the movie Zack Snyder was working on before he left, before you guys decided to do all these changes, obvious changes, you know, things that were just like, you can tell green screen, bad CGI, uh, like jokes that really were like lame. So you can tell those things and so the the campaign just wanted to say hey let Zack Snyder release the movie he was working on so we can see it and that campaign grew more and more you you got you know actors and people involved with the movie that kind of were just like yeah we had a lot more that didn't make it we had people making those statements of there's more footage that I worked on that I think should be seen you know things like that you were getting things that were kind of like planting the seed and the major thing that never happened for the for the really Snyder Cut fans and the movement was that Zack Snyder never said that he didn't have additional footage. He never indicated I have I have no additional footage. Like that would have ended it if he was just like, guys, I don't have any. We'd have been like, oh, uh, okay, I guess there's nothing to fight for. Right. So right. because he never did, the fans kept pushing. They kind of, they they found clever ways to really be able to market this. At, at places where where a lot of fans would gather, Comic Cons, uh, you know, flying banners over the the Warner Brothers Studios, having billboards, they they thought of all these things that would get people to see it and hopefully sign up and you know petition and continue on that. And the movement slowly kind of was focusing on we want Zack Snyder to be able to finish what he was unable to. Right. And knowing the story, it also became an adoption of we also want to support American Foundation of Suicide Prevention because this was a thing that was important to Zack Snyder and this movement was for Zack Snyder. So therefore, we want to also do good. So it was kind of incorporating, you know, some kind of uh, good charity to the world and and bring awareness to the movie that was not released. Right. So that was the that was like the early foundations of it, and it just grew from so there. Do you know? So I remember it went into high gear with the fans when the actors started to get on board and yes. said, "Release the Snyder Cut." And like like you said, there's there's more stuff that we fought that we shot that was not in the movie. 
um, originally because you know they they had to go do reshoots and stuff like that. Do you remember? Was it Ray Fisher who played Cyborg? Was it was he the first one or was he like the so, first one with uh, Jason Momoa as well? Because I remember he was a very advocate from the very beginning. Jason Momoa was like we need to sign her cut. Yes. So Jason Momoa and Ray Fisher were the only two at first that was trying to be coy about it without being direct of saying yes there is a a Snyder cut so to speak so they try to be you know coy and be PR for the studio of like you know I would love for Zach to be able to finish what he started if he's given the chance or you know they kind of they never directly said there is a Snyder cut they was always playing it they tiptoe around it when they would ask by press or by fans um and it was and it wasn't until they kind of how do you put it like got tired of the studio lying as well because what would happen would be this the the movement would get momentum right mm-hmm. and now it's like oh what, what's the snyder cut about and people are start asking twitter you know everything starts expanding and all of a sudden warner brothers would have a release a statement or you know tell one of the publishers for hollywood to make this you know claim of there is no snyder cut trying to shut it down right so always, the, the, always, one, a yeah, cut doesn't exist exactly they were always trying to shut it down so they kind of essentially kind of got to the point where it was like they knew it was like you know having being told something you know that is being asked for but being told to not believe it or deny it and all that stuff right and then the big step for for the movie happening was hbo max being announced and at&t buying warner brothers those two things kind of were like the pillars that started to form that actually got you the movie to be made because now you have a company that was not attached at all at first and they just want to make money and they see this whole like group of fans online that's asking for for something and they just announced a platform that they need people to go sign up for so it started to form on its own in like 2018 uh late 2018 early 2019 and then on the two-year anniversary of the movie being released in uh november 17th 2019 secretly Zack snyder had told the cast kind of started putting it as much as he could of this day we need to get hashtag release the Snyder Cut trending as big as possible the biggest that we can get it ever right so a lot of the, the, the all of the people from the movie correct tweeted it. Ben Affleck Gal Gadot Ray Fisher Jason Momoa Ezra Miller and Henry Cavill were the only ones that did not Henry Cavill from what people say you know that are more insiders I'm not an insider but from what they said it was he wasn't sure how to say it without ruining his chances of getting another Superman movie because he still wants to be Superman. Right. And then you have Ezra Miller who just does not have any social media presence at all. Doesn't have any accounts. So that's why they didn't do it. But so that was the the big push and like all the big players of the movement were telling you tweet as much as you can on this day. Tweet as much as you can. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Hashtag, that's not like a bird. (laughs) Hashtag (laughs) release the Snyder Cut. So they were, that that was like the biggest day and it got to about 800,000 tweets for that night, for that day. Um, And according to Zach and according to the, I guess the story of it, they used that big number to go to AT&T and go to HBO Max and present like the fans are asking for this movie. This is how it would benefit your, you know, your your platform and stuff. And the negotiate negotiations started at that point. And and that was at that point the fans still didn't have a clue. They just were under the impression of we made a statement. We made a big statement of we want this movie, 800,000 tweets. Let's hopefully get that. And for the fans, they were kept getting fed by Zach. Zach would tease you something from you know the Snyder Cut. He would tease you uh, a footage 
um, not footage, it was never footage, it was always photos. He would tease you a photo of a scene that we never saw. He would tease you a storyboard of something that you would like. Um, or I think where they appreciate from what he said, he was like things that he thought was cool, he showed to the fans as an appreciation of them trying to get his movie to be released. Right. So and then like, also, I want to say like the black suit, like a, black suit Spider-Man was tweeted as well, right? No, that's Spider-Man, Superman. Uh, Super, Superman. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Had, yeah. As we got closer, more things started to be was like revealed of what would have been in the movie. Um, but at that point, the momentum was full on for this movie to be released. And Warner Brothers, whatever they promoted, anything they promoted, whether it was comic books or not, got overshadowed in their comments with hashtag release Snyder Cut. So Warner Brothers was drowning and like they can't even promote any movie. And and then the thing that worked in favor was in 2018, Aquaman was Jason Momoa's movie. Right. Makes a billion dollars. Jason Momoa now kind of has more power to be like i want to see Zack snyder's movie and he went hard too and like, he did he went hard for a release of snyder cut the, the the fans and the general audience helped make aquaman a success to the point where it to the idea was warner brothers you have a billion dollar movie here and this character is in the snyder cut so you would make more money so it was just starting a lot more things started to happen in its favors warner brothers always stayed against it always stayed with their statement there there is no snyder cut that's a pipe dream that's never going to happen um and, and the critics and stuff those that are in the hollywood you know business from their understanding it was like financially it doesn't make sense to release a flopped movie and all that stuff so the only people that really were behind it were the supporters at first and then it slowly grew to the crew and cast that were involved in the movie right uh and then finally in 2020 in may we got the big announcement and essentially that was like that was like the uh fan movement's ultimate victory where you right. finally like they were asking for this and they finally got it um so yeah may 20th 2020 is like for 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 fans of dc comics is always going to be a memorable day because that was the day Zack snyder announced it and it was a, it was a great day let me just tell you that <laughs> from, from my side as a fan it was an amazing day because it was like we are finally going to see the the movie that we showed us on 2017 and you i mean i'm i'm assuming you if you are behind release snyder cut there was something that interests you whether it was like i'm gonna want i want more background more development or he teased like dark side he teased a character that was like a big big thing for dc fans little things like that was enough to be like i just want to see it i i right. you know i just want to see this movie so we didn't we didn't get any of that and i think that i think definitely it's one of those things where it's kind of like as as a fan of these movies and as a fan of these characters we want to see them done right and it goes back to what i was saying before about the directors being artistic you know let the man finish his let the man finish his vision you know and i think that it's one of those things where if you have like big executives if you're not a fan of the franchise you're not going to know what's best for the franchise you're just like mm -hmm. you're just thinking about money and i think that had they because i heard that joss Whedon wanted more time to finish the movie so i can't really blame and I know there's a lot of controversy stuff around like him as a person and everything like that. But as far as just looking at it from a business perspective, I heard that he asked the studio for another year. It said, can you, can you delay the movie a year? to give me enough time to actually finish the movie and they said no and i think that they 
they were just they're just thinking about dollars they're thinking about themselves they didn't really think about like the fans like the fans is what makes a, a movie get a billion dollars you know like yeah. if you put out quality work people's gonna go see it even like the movies that have like 20 films you know what i mean like eventually they're not gonna make as much money and, and i think the only way the movies will the studios will still make those movies like for example horror movies you got i think we had like five or six paranormal activity movies i've never seen one i'm not a fan of them but you know they're cheap to make they may be like five ten million to make but they'll go a, a bust in like 150 million because people want to see that so it was like all right we can go make you know a crappy scary movie because it's so cheap to make but when a film it costs like 250 million dollars like that's an investment and i yeah. think that what the fans did is you know we invested time you know we we know this is real like we know this is a thing and it's not like oh there's one or two scenes missing it's like an entire movie is missing and um i can't wait for part two because i really want to get into some of the things that that were different and the original version than the version that we got and one thing that you know for those who may have not seen the justice league zack snyder's justice league movie yet um and you've seen the 2017 theatrical cut is you get a lot of context in the story beats of that movie um in this version that you didn't get in the 2017 version that made it frustrating for me you know i don't mind a long movie if it makes sense and I think that, you know, they did a lot. Well, they did way too much in two hours. And, you know, I'm not for bullying at all, but I do feel like the power of the people prevails. And I think that, you know, us as coming with fans, we won in this sense um, because we knew that something else was out there and we didn't listen to, oh, there's nothing. And I, there's, there's no other cut. There's no, this is all you're going to get. This is whatever. But it's kind of like, you know, before we end uh, this part one and we give our overall thoughts about the Justice, Zack Snyder's Justice League, um, I, I think that do, I wanted to ask you, do you think that this is a bad look on Warner Brothers that this movie is coming out and it's it does have a very very different and uh more positive um uh, it's more positive received from audience like I think when last time I checked the on uh, the Rotten Tomato score it has like a 77 critics and it's like 95 with like audience score so where the other one was like 44 from critics and like 70 something for audience so do you think that this is a bad look on them and do you think it's a bad look because they blinked with Zack Snyder or do you think it's a bad look because you know they should have put this out before like what do you think about that it's it's a bad look on the previous management I think it should be good to clarify that the management that was in place during all of this in 2016 2017 and some of uh, 2018 are gone. I think in position of power, only one person I think remains in in Warner Brothers, who is still a big part of like make this like decides what movies get made and stuff. Um, Toby Emmerich. So he's the only one that remains. But it's a bad look at the previous management for Warner Brothers. However, they're still making it hard on themselves. They're shooting themselves on the foot multiple times because they don't want to embrace the Snyder Cut. It's a very, very odd thing. It's the probably the, the bad thing you can do as a company is to show no faith in the in the product you are releasing. Whether whether you truly think it's gonna be a hit or not, you always gotta fake it. Right. If you're if it's something that's yours and you're trying to make people buy it, right. you always gotta you always gotta fake it. 
Best example, all the as seen on TV products, right? We know most of the times the products are gonna be bad, cheap, whatever. But yet they go, they do those commercials. They keep pushing it. They talk about it like it is the greatest invention ever made. Warner Brothers does not want to do that. They don't want to embrace this movie. Their the subdivisions within Warner Brothers and AT and T, they're supporting it. So you see the DC Comics brand supporting the Snyder Cut. You see Warner Media supporting it, but you don't see the studio essentially made this movie supporting it. So they keep making it look bad on themselves. Had they, once it was announced that they that it was being released and they played the biggest front of like, we love this, it's the greatest thing ever. We're super excited for you know fans to see it. I don't think it would be a bad, I don't think it would bad, be a bad move, but because they continue to try to be, try to downplay it. Uh, anytime there was news regarding the Snyder Cut, there was a pattern where there was also another Warner Brothers news mm-hmm. and it became a pattern to the point where you are suspicious and you think Warner Brothers is trying to really downplay this movie because from what we can only go by in terms of our interpretations, they want it to fail so they can be like, see, we told you this movie shouldn't have been released. It's not worth it. Like you guys are asking for a movie that wasn't going to deliver what you wanted. That's that's the perspective it has. Warner Brothers has earned because of their their behaviors and actions. That's what I think is bad. I think the movie being released is not bad on their part because it was a previous management. Right. But the current management wants it's to look the other way. Trending it. Yeah. And I think even with that, though, is it's kind of like, you know, why? Like, if you're saying, OK, you know, if they even if that's how they feel, it's kind of like, well, y'all gave Zack Snyder 70 million dollars to go finish this movie. So it's kind of like, like, you can't really blame us fans for wanting the movie, but yet y'all still made it happen. Like y'all greenlit it all. All we can want as fans is to want to see it and we can subscribe right. to your channel to watch it, but y'all still greenlit it. So if you weren't behind it, then you should have never greenlit it and gave the money to actually get it finished. So I and, definitely and, agree with you there. And the thing is, there's obviously, you know, we're never going to know the truth from Warner Brothers because they're not going to release it. But there's talk that it was AT&T executives that were essentially kind of like, I'm just I'm just going to say it in like an interpretation. Obviously, this is not what happened, but it was to the point of Warner Brothers, you're going to release this movie or you're going to you're going to be fired. Those that working there, the executives within Warner Brothers, it was kind of to that point where it was they were forced to tell Zach, hey, you know what? You can release your movie on HBO Max. We'll negotiate to you know how to finish it and all that stuff. And Zach even stated that at first Warner Brothers was like, yeah, we want you to release the movie, but can you just release it as it is? And there was this perception within the fans that the mo- there was a movie that was done, 100% done, everything was ready to go, just put it on a, you know, Blu-ray player, you know, USB, whatever. Right. That was not the case. Uh, the case was always, there's footage of a movie, there's pre-existing visual effects, there's things that if finished, will be a completely different movie than what we got because right. he had filmed everything. So Warner Brothers at first tried to say, just release what you have, you know, let the let the audience see the incomplete shots, exactly what you would see at a screener, essentially, what right. you had talked about. Uh, Zach said, be no. Horrible. said no. That would have been horrible. Yeah, he said no. He, he said that, would, that doesn't make sense. You only want to do that so you can shut up the fans. So you can show them so you can get the perception of see it's not good it's not it's not even done it's bad and stuff 
So he shot that down. And so that's like the whole negotiation was what got him the 70 million to finish the movie completely with the visual effects and, and everything that he needed to, to do it. So it was, it's a, it's bad on Warner Brothers. That's like not supporting a movie, regardless of the situation of like, oh, this is a, you know, a redo that we essentially are doing whatever, whatever the perception is, you would want the studio to support it. Think of it as your child is an excellent athlete. He's the best basketball player on, on the high school team, but you don't want him to be a basketball player. You want him to be uh, a soccer player or you want him to do something non-sports related. Right. So you're going to ignore the talent and success he's having or she, and you want to, and because you want something else, you want to be like, I know, I know you're doing really well at this sport, but you're not going to do it. It's kind of like that. You're neglecting this, the, the success that you can see in front of you. Mm-hmm. And because this, this is, this movie got so much attention at the story of here's a movie that was shot, but unreleased and fans want it. But Warner Brothers is being that parent. That's like, I don't want to talk about that. No, let's talk about our other movies that are being released. Let's talk about other DC projects that we're working on. And so I was like, you guys really are making it hard to trust in anything you, you do for for movies. Right. Yeah. And so, but we, we got it though. We finally got it. And um, we got Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, it was released on HBO Max as of March 18th. Uh, 2021 and before we wrap this part one up I just want to give our overall thoughts not you know I don't want we're not going to go into anything supportive because I want people to go and support this movie I just want us to give our overall thoughts Uh, me personally I enjoyed the hell out of this movie I think that it was super great I think that um, and we're going to break it down in part two um some of my concerns that i had with the with the theatrical cut versus the this this new cut uh, or original cut i should say um that was just released that make more sense um it is a long movie um but it is broken up into six different parts and i think that you can do it in one sitting if you do have an afternoon where you can sit down and watch it you can do it but if you have to break it up i I can understand and there are very definitive uh sections where you can break it up um but based on the movie that we got back in 2017 and this movie um i tip my hat off to Zack snyder and you know everyone that's involved in the project and i think that um for someone like yourself, Oscar, who is a lifelong DC fan, I feel like this is the movie that we should have got back in 2017. Even if it wasn't as long, it could have been, you know, maybe two out, two and a half, three hours. I would say at least three hours, just based on all the stuff that we got in here. I feel like this is the movie that we should have got. So um, just want to hear your quick thoughts about how'd you feel about this overall movie? I think it was well worth fighting for. Uh, I think it was something that fans had a valid point Point and it was proven because this movie delivers on so many layers uh, in so many different ways. You know, you get the action, you get, you know, the, the, I want to say like, not, it's not adult, but if you get like dialogue that is interesting to hear, like it's not, it's not kind of like cliche or anything. Like it's like value dialogue that is interesting to kind of hear in the context of the story. Uh, you get, you know, a lot of background on characters you get character development you get a lot of things that you ask for when you will see any movie 
and it delivers. So I, I'm satisfied as a movie fan of this movie makes so much sense, delivers a beginning, middle, end that you follow and you enjoy. Like the, there's been a common consensus of the four hours doesn't feel like four hours. And I 100% agree. It does right. not feel like four hours. Right. So I, I, yeah, overall, I think this was the, the best, the best thing that we hoped for and we got it. And then as a comic book DC Justice League fan, I'm all for it. It was everything. Um, and we'll, I'll go more in detail into that in the, in the other part. But yeah, I think overall it was it was an amazing movie. I wish it would have been 2017 and we can talk about like the exciting you know future that it can have, but it's a different conversation we're in, but I'm happy we have a four hour Justice League movie. Well, there you have it, you guys. So uh, like I said, we wanted to use this part one to give sort of a, a breakdown of the Snyder Cut as far as why does it exist and everything that led up to this point. Um, if you have not seen um, the Zack Snyder's Justice League movie, before you check out part two, please go if you haven't subscribed to HBO Max. Um, HBO Max does have a lot of good things that are happening over there. They announced back in December of 2020 that all of their theatrical releases are going to be released in theaters and also HBO Max to their subscribers at no additional charge. Um, so you will get this content for no additional fee for you. Um, but I definitely feel like, you know, it's worth the $14.99 subscription price that is on there. Um, and I... I, I encourage you to go watch it. Uh, before you check out part two, please go watch that movie because part two will be an in-depth spoiler talk of Zack Snyder's Justice League movie and we do not want to ruin anything for you guys. Um, Oscar, thank you so much again for joining me on this part one episode and I look forward to talking more about Justice League with you in part two. I cannot wait. <laughs> I cannot wait. All right. Thank you everyone for tuning in and checking out our part one discussion of Zack Snyder's Justice League movie. Like I said earlier, this is uh, just part one. Part two is going to talk about the movie that we got from Zack Snyder. We're going to compare it to the 2017 version of the Justice League movie. Um, so before you check that one out, please be sure to check out Zack Snyder's Justice League available on HBO Max. And I'll see you guys here soon. Thank you for joining and you all have a good one. <laughs>